Hi, this is Sci-Fi Talk, the podcast on how sci-fi, fantasy, horror, and comics help us explore our humanity. And this is this week on Sci-Fi Talk as I go back and reflect on the podcast that I uploaded this week. A Ghost Waits, interesting movie that really talks about the afterlife and ghosts and really death itself. It's written and directed by Adam Stovall. And here is a sample. And I was vis visiting my friends Brian and Jen Price, and they had me play this video game called PT that was designed by Guillermo del Toro and Hideo Kojima. Oh, wow. Um, yeah. It's this first-person haunted house puzzle game. And <laughs> I just – yeah, it's so cool. Um, <laughs> sadly, it's impossible to find now. Sony has uh, like, wiped the earth of it. Um, uh, but – I had my friends cracking up laughing because it was me responding to a haunted house. So, you know, you're in a creepy bathroom and a baby starts crying from an empty sink. And I'm just like, no, I don't have to, I don't have to check that out. I'm perfectly fine where I am. <laughs> uh, and them, they reacted so strongly that I thought, you know, I've really never seen a haunted house movie with a character like me in it. And then around that time, I saw a web comic called Saturday Morning Breakfast Serial where a man asks a woman what she thinks is the most American movie. And she says, Ghostbusters, because here's a movie where you have demonstrable proof of an afterlife, but the whole thing is about growing a small business and navigating government bureaucracy. <laughs> that's true. Yeah. I thought that's really funny, but also like, oh yeah, a ghost does mean there's an afterlife. I would have so many questions. Yeah. Absolutely. And those two things kind of form the spine of the movie. Mm, yeah. Cool. The, the mythology you kind of established in the movie is, is is neat because there's a ghost that haunts his house, but she has like a supervisor. It seems that, <laughs> that that's kind of telling her, "Hey, you're you're not doing your job. You're supposed to haunt this place," kind of thing. Yeah. Uh, describe kind of coming up with the, the hierarchy and the mythology of the haunting. Like I said, we've been trying to make another movie, and we had met an investor who was really excited, and then he happened to be talking to our mutual friend Nick Thurkettle. And asked, hey, what's Adam up to? And Nick said, I think he has this, he has this like weird haunted house idea. And so uh, MF Thomas is the, the, who I'm referring to here, one of our executive producers. He called me and said, what's this haunted house thing? And I told him what I had of the story. I did not have a script yet at all. Uh, I told him what I had of the story. And he said, oh, yeah, that sounds good. I'll put in X amount of money. And then I, I called my mom to, to match it. But so we had a budget. As small as it is, we had the budget before we had a finished script. And oh, so I was great. just writing by the seat of my pants. You know, every day it was just, okay, what's interesting today? So the idea of giving, of making like a ghost corporate structure, <laughs> because we kind of learned that, you know, the living and the dead were not so different. Um, I liked the idea of there just being, of, of, their, of even in death, you have a boss. I think it's a modest mouse song that says you wasted life. Why wouldn't you waste death? And I've just always liked that idea of like, you know, we die and then we just, you know, if there is an afterlife, it's more of the same, you know, yeah. uh, I find that interesting. And so, yeah, it became really fun. And also I don't really like writing villains. Mm -hmm. um, you know, we're writing like a character that is the bad guy. Uh, I, 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 I kind of think systems become the villain. Like in my experience of things is that, you know, most people who are the villain of your day are really just representative of a larger system. Mm. 
And so that was that was really fun to explore was like being being kind of lost, you know, still lost in a hierarchy and how attractive that can be sometimes when you're trying to lose yourself. There's more sci-fi talk, so stay tuned. Trek Tuesday featured the second part of my Star Trek Strange New World special that's only available in its entirety on Sci-Fi Talk Plus. And here's uh, some samples with Anson Mount on his character of Christopher Pike. He definitely had great teachers. He struggles with faith. He struggles with his own self, self-confidence. And he has learned that life is about the journey and not the destination. You don't climb the mountain to get to the top. You climb it for the experience of every step. And Bab's oldest son, Mokin, who is Dr. Menbenga, they comment on Menbenga and Chapel's relationship. I think there's a lot of respect there, you know. I don't think uh, Mbenga is a guy that's, or rather, Dr. Mbenga is not a man that's enamored with titles. Uh, I don't know if you got the joke there. I said Dr. Mbenga. That was good. <laughs> that's good. Yeah, no. But I think there's a lot of history there. There's a lot of respect um, and there's trust. And when you trust people, you just appreciate whatever they're bringing to the table, uh, whether they are, you know, beginner or advanced or junior or whatnot. You you listen uh, because you know they've got something to give also. So I think that relationship is, is very much layered with that, you know, uh, the utmost respect for each other in the workplace. I mean, I agree with a lot of what Babs has said. I think that, you know, we learn that Chapel and Mbenga have been through a lot together and have a history that goes back a long way. Um, and they've been through some really hard things and had to make some big decisions. And um, through that, they know each other very deeply. So whatever pre- professional title they have is kind of second to that and they understand each other more deeply as like they can almost function as one and understand what the other person needs in any like pressurized situation, which is really beautiful um, and has been really cool to find. Ethan Peck on Spock in season two. Uh, we will see Spock further explore his, his human side. And he does this in various situations and relationships as well. Uh, I think it's very apparent in his interactions with Nurse Chapel. Yeah, there's a, a a really wonderful situation where Spock can do nothing but face his his humanness that I'm very excited about. Or if you want to hear the entire special, you can subscribe to my premium podcast, and it's a special free lifetime pass with the link in the show notes. Geographic told me about his interactive sci-fi community and really what makes it different from the others. The whole foundation of the brand starts from the audio series, right? And from the story. Um, This was actually something that I had been working on for a long time. Um, I started the idea of Moom, which are essentially shipping container creatures. And, you know, I don't know, we can maybe we'll dive into the actual actual story foundation. Um, uh, But... But I started the idea in 2016, uh, and me and my my partner, his his name is Blam. We worked on it every Sunday uh, for about maybe an hour or two each Sunday since 2016. And I wrote the first four episodes myself um, in 2016, and then 
I was, I'm, I'm actually an entrepreneur that's had, that had another business for the past eight years. That was a brand building business and marketing agency in Los Angeles. Um, and while I was making this on my free time on Sundays, at a certain point, I was like, you know what? I need to take this and bring it to life. So I, I, I thought, you know what, what are, if, if I'm going to create a new company, I want it to be about something bigger than myself. I want it to be about inspiring the creativity of millions of people because in my life as like a creative entrepreneur and creative director, there's nothing that's ever made me happier than being creative. Uh, and so I thought if I can bring that to, you know, millions of people or thousands of people um, at scale, what's one thing they all have or two things they all have? They, everybody has a voice uh, and pretty much everybody has a cell phone. And, and most of those phones are capable of recording audio. So I thought, you know, an audio series where people from around the world can become the voices and characters and heroes and villains in the story uh, seems like a pretty cool way to get people involved. So put out the first episode, created a Twitter account, a few people listened to it, and slowly over the course of time, it went from, over the course of three months, it went from about two people listening to over a thousand people listening. Nice. Um, yeah, which was really cool to see. So uh, what I started doing was even after the second episode, I started just doing open sort of voice auditions on Twitter, asking who wanted to be a voice in the series. And, and just like we're communicating now, I would get on a video call, I'd get on a Zoom call with them. And I would direct them through through the character, give them a little backstory, and yeah. walk through the roles. And more and more, we just started adding more and more people to it. Um, and that that's really how it started to take shape because they would share it, and you know, fifty of their friends would listen to it, and and it just kind of kept kept growing that way, and and um, started getting popular as a result. Like Legion M, this is kind of a trend in getting either interactive communities. In the case of Legion M, the fans actually own stock in the company and drive whatever the content is. And this one, they interact with, with the content and give their ideas and drive the story. And I'll have more of my look at this week on Sci-Fi Talk in just a moment. The Walking Dead Season 10 at San Diego Comic-Con featured a roundtable with Cooper Andrews, Nadia Hilker, Eleanor Matsura, and Avi Nash. And here is an excerpt to round out the week. This one aired on Friday. I've worked, uh, just I've been on so many crews and so many sets um, that I don't, I don't even put them on the NDB because it's like, don't look like a sound guy. But I've, I've worked on close to like 50 different productions and I've never seen, um, I've never seen a group as close as this one. Is and it's, there's something about sweating and getting hurt and we we always go to these different conventions and, and get to know each other even even better because of our amazing fans and and um, that's and it's so it's not just losing these people from work. I mean these are people we we've gone around the world together. We've seen right. You know, we've experienced things where we can't explain to anyone else like yeah, when the blood gets in your ear, yeah, try use this oil-based one because the blood's are different, so you don't put the water in your life. Right. Oh, and you're like, and like, I'm like, I'm like scrubbing my skin. Off. How many ticks do you have this week? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. exactly. Like we meet up at the hospitals. Yeah, um, but there's, but that's what there's that that effort that goes beyond what's in the script um, that we build off off camera that that creates this this bond between all of us. Um, and you know, in a way, like you'll be always connected until the show, like as long as the show is, as long as sh even, you know, even the show will always be connected. Yeah. The show yeah. could end yesterday, and yeah. this would still be 
right. a family. Because I think what to what you're saying, Cooper, this show, unlike many others, there was a creed established from the beginning that this is a family that goes beyond just coming to work, clocking in and clocking out. So when people die on the show or they leave the show, that hole is immediately filled by the same essence of whoever has come in. You know, it's like when you guys joined and we all went out to dinner after your first episode. That's exactly what happened to me. And I was like, I have to take them. Like there was, I would feel shame of yeah, my yeah. family if I didn't take you guys to dinner. You know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, yeah. And that's how this is. And that's yeah. how I think it will always be. But yeah. it's it's a completely unique specimen in the world of film and TV. So when I now ask Avi if I can have his jacket because I'm cold, he will right. take I will it say, and give it to me. <laughs> On dealing with fans, especially at San Diego Comic-Con at Petco Park, where many were dressed as walkers. This morning, right? Nine, 9 a.m., there's 150 people dressed up like walkers in the middle of the baseball um, pitch field stadium, yeah. whatever you call it in America. The, it was not 150. I think, yeah, yeah. at least. Yeah, like, yeah. I thought it was way more. 40,000 people. <laughs> Forty thousand people showed up this morning at the break of dawn, <laughs> dressed in full makeup. Yeah, yeah. No one ate anything. No yeah. one drank any Happy, water. Yeah. Ready to. Yeah. These fans are incredible. Yeah, they got up early. They got dressed up. One girl did. One girl did actually faint at the. Yeah. Uh, Due to Norman singing. Yeah. Norman <laughs> sang and looked her direction and she fell over and yeah. we said, was that the heat or did Norman She said, Ricky. <laughs> he lowered his glasses and went, what's up? <laughs> and she fell over. Yeah. It was incredible. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Let's talk about superpowers. But the, there's, there's the, uh, the fans do make it so, I mean, when you see the reactions and, and so when there's a day where you're climbing through mud or you're, you know, you're, you're running up a hill somewhere. Um, and I love running. No one else does. I love it though. Cooper Andrews is the biggest runner on the show. <laughs> all he does is cardio. All Cooper he Andrews. does is run. <laughs> um, but you know, when you, you you hurt yourself, you get injured. You're you're, you're running with something pulled, something, and you there's those moments of where it's like, no, it's like I'm not gonna like fans want to see this. This is what we're gonna do. And and every time every time we get to meet them and, and they just tell us a little bit how the show helps them or just how it just calms them down from the day which I don't know how that works but I'm glad it does you know I love hearing about families who like to eat ribs together yeah we eat ribs like saucy ribs barehanded and we just like rip the meat together for family dinner and they don't watch Walking Dead but they eat ribs together <laughs> if you want to hear more of these specials or more podcasts from Sci-Fi Talk subscribe at Apple Podcasts great boy to find me and as well as anywhere else where you get your podcasts this is Tony Tolado. Thanks for listening.